Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, 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 this is the Rich Eisen Show. He's down. Put, 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 put. They said he went out of bounds inside the one. It's up for the third time in this game. Washington gets a stop inside their own five. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Still to come, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. Plus, writer and comedian Sarah Tiana. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Brandon Staley of your Los Angeles Chargers. And I say that if you're a Charger fan, he will be joining us in about 20 minutes time as he and the Broncos will wrap up a week that just started last night. We'll get to that game in just a matter of seconds. Chris Brockman, good to see you over in your spot. DJ Mikey D, after his two-day walkabout, is back. Good to see Mike Del Tufo. (laughs) TJ Jefferson is going to give us some fantasy advice. I still to come on this program. Yes, Lord. I'm about to yeah. give you my top five Praise. games for, of this week. About to do that. Less, um, more just, and, and I do that um, not just because I, I I like giving people lists. Oh, you what? Wait, say that again. I do like doing the top fives. Uh-huh. I mean, now that I'm giving power rankings and top fives and stuff like that, I, I do like it. <laughs> you, Plus, you know, it kind of cleanses the palate from last night's game on Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. And I'm, this is a very sore subject with me because, you know, uh, NFL Network rebooted Thursday Night Football. I mean, we, we, we started doing it um, in uh, 2006. Yeah. Kansas City. So in Kansas City, it's right. That was the night where yes. Adam Schefter scooped everyone, including Pat Bowen, may he rest in peace, to announce that uh, no matter what Jake Plummer was going to do on the <laughs> Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, Triple header nightcap against Trent Green's Kansas City Chiefs. No matter what he was going to do, it was Jay Cutler's job moving forward. That's how long ago it's been since NFL Network rebooted Thursday Night Football. And just to give you uh, full awareness of just how deeply Mike Del Tufo cares about his free swag, I do believe you're wearing a Thursday Night Football original original, uh, pullover. There it was. two of these. Given all the the old NFL Network. Here, turn to your left, Mike, so everyone can see it. There it is, that old NFL Network logo. That's the original. That's ancient material right there. That's a a 16-year-old zip-up. I have one that's sitting. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. So, but it's a sore subject you. to me because we got all sorts of grief. Oh, yeah. your game sucked. There's not a lot of scoring in it. It's because the players shouldn't be playing on short weeks and blah, 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 blah. As if there aren't crappy games on Sundays or Mondays either. Okay. Right. And then everyone's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, how dare these guys have to play an early week game? Nobody plays Thursday games except people then forget Thanksgiving is played on a Thursday. Right. Yeah, but that's different. Ah, uh, yeah, because you want those games. These are being "quote unquote" force-fed to you. Uh, you know, those games. Again, I'm very, very. It's a very sore subject for me because I would be flying all over the country and trying to do my job and and hopefully get you interested in it. And 
And uh, some games uh, stunk on ice. And the last two weeks have uh, had ice and a lot of stinking. And just only one touchdown last night. And from Brian Robinson Jr., who, as we all know, was involved in a carjacking in the summer, and the fact that he's playing and starting and scoring, you know, 60 yards in that score last night. And uh, it was gift-wrapped by Vilas Jones, who had one go right off his face mask on a punt because the Washington offense couldn't do jack squat. Carson Wentz sacked three more times, just 99 yards passing. And you knew it was just another one of those games. Another one of those games is the Bears had opportunities inside the red zone, inside the 10 twice. One was a tip pick because for some reason, you know, we got to keep Justin Fields as a, 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 a pocket passer. I understand you're cutting off half of the field when you're rolling them out inside the red zone, but moving Fields around I think is what we're looking for, you know. That's what I'm thinking. And is a tip pass, pick up, a pass picked off, and then they go for it on fourth and, and uh, half yard line. And they don't get it. Bears turned away. And look, we knew it was another one of those Thursday night games where it was tough to watch, and whoever lost would get eviscerated. Last week, it was the Broncos in that spot. And the Colts, it was kind of forgotten. Hey, you weren't all that great, too. But the Colts were winners, and we love winners in America, and certainly the uh, sport made in America played in America in the National Football League. So then why was uh, Ron Rivera so angry in the press conference? Well, he was spun up because this team didn't perform well, and there were a lot of mistakes. And yeah, they're two and four, and they hadn't won since that week one game against Jacksonville. Normally, when you have a four-game losing streak ended, your um, your problems, your 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 pressures get lifted. But Wentz just had 99 yards passing, another three-sack game. They couldn't really run it very well. Part of it's the offensive line. Part of it is Wentz just holds onto it too damn long. Part of it's also the play calling. At one point, Wentz inside the 10, they had a keeper with him. And I tweeted out, take the Carson Wentz red zone keeper play, rip it out of the playbook, and never acknowledge its existence. Because you're not going to – I mean, at one point, Kirk Herbstreit's like, nobody's taking the cheese with Wentz running and holding onto it. What are we doing? his ankle and needed to get retaped it's after just like, that. What, like... are, what are we doing? You got Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel just for two guys' names to throw out there. So put it all together. It, it ain't pretty. And then, of course, it's the week that started earlier this week that even Rivera admitted himself he created the controversy and distraction when he was asked earlier this week about the difference between his team and the rest of the NFC East doing so well. And his answer was quarterback. And then started talking about how other quarterbacks have systems that they've been in or they've been around in their organizations a while. And the retort is like, well, Daniel Jones is a new coach and he's a new man. He looks like a new man. That's one guy, Cooper Rush. I guess he knows the system because he's been in it, even though he hasn't played in it. And then you got Jalen Hurts. Yeah, as a new system. It's been there for a year plus. Wentz is just new here. Okay. But 
it sure sounded like we're we're throwing a lot on the lap of Carson Wentz in the same way it happened in Philadelphia and Indianapolis, and it's now part three. You know, and this uh, part three isn't going as well as the Godfather either. Mm. So that's part of the backdrop. And then on top of it, there's a report from Don Van Natta, Seth Wickersham, and more from ESPN yesterday. This full-on long read on Daniel Snyder being execrable. You can look it up if you need. And part of that long read about how Snyder's got dirt on other owners and the commissioner, according to a lot, there was a lot of unnamed sources yeah. in there, but there's, there's a very sensitive subject matter. So a lot of people were just talking to this group of top-notch reporters for ESPN anonymously saying that Snyder's got dirt on people to try and ward off being forced to sell. The number of investigations into Washington and Snyder. And then he was there last night, and Al Michaels even turned into <laughs> to uh, um, information man slash analyst by saying he believes, reading the tea leaves, that the, the league just wants him out. That kind of surprised me that he said that. A lot of people. So this is the whole backdrop to Rivera showing up in the post-game press conference because part of this story also included the nugget that Daniel Snyder had something to do or was the one person who said, let's get Wentz. And everyone's like, well, yes, Mr. Snyder will do it. And the point of that one was like, wait a minute, you're supposed to have been suspended and nothing to do with the team. So how is he chiming in on a subject matter that he has no business chiming in on, whether it was allowable under the suspension from the league or just in general, like, hey, man, if I were you, based on your track record, I'd kind of stay out of matters as to who should be the quarterback or not and leave it up to the professionals you should be delegating to. So when Rivera strode to the podium last night, was asked if he had any advice for Carson Wentz, this was his answer. No, what's important is these guys, okay? For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard, all right? They don't complain, Okay. They hear all this stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry. I'm done. That's it. And by the way, when he means Indianapolis and pointing up, he's talking about the combine which is in Indianapolis and where, you know, we had Frank Reich in the booth on the last day of the combine. It was obvious, like, can we get rid of Carson now? So it was obvious he was in play. And part of the process is, you know, Washington was kicking the tires on trying to go YOLO on Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and anyone else who was allegedly, reportedly rumored to be available. But I saw that last night and I thought to myself, is this the manifestation of months and you know years of his tenure being there and being the one who answers all the questions about what's going on with the team outside of the football world 
He answers, Ron Rivera answers for a lot of what ESPN was reporting on with Dan Snyder. A lot. And it reminded me of the soundbite Alex Smith delivered to us back in March when he called into this program about how you can't help but be distracted in Washington with with the everything else. Here's what Alex Smith had to say. I think you got to try to eliminate the noise there. You know, there's a lot of noise. Um, there's a lot of distractions. That entire organization, um, everything surrounding it, and, and obviously deservedly. It's, it's been flawed the last 20 years. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on there, a lot of distractions. And it's, it makes it difficult to kind of focus in on, on the football. So you're saying whatever was going on in the front office was affecting your ability to, to, to play football and focus uh, on yeah, I mean, how could it not? How could it not? I mean, for me, like, yeah, I mean, all the stuff there uh, with, with, you know, just the entire organization from ownership down, head coaching and, and GM, it's, still, it's, it's a lot of, there, you know, there's been historically a lot of drama there. That organization is a really storied franchise, and and uh, I just yeah, there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of distractions. So so to say that the stuff going on in the building doesn't infiltrate the locker room or out on the field would be crazy. That happens everywhere. I think that's what great organizations eliminate, um, and the bad ones have a hard time with. I think we're seeing that right now. What do you think, Jets? Thousand percent. I I I think that's being brought to bear. Yeah. Now, again, a lot of the subtext here is the, the exchange that Rivera had with a, a reporter about Wentz and saying just the word quarterback when he was asked about the differences between the 5-0 and and two 4-1 and teams and his, at the time his 1-4 and Washington Commanders. But, I mean, Rivera's been the guy at the forefront of talking about the name change, about the logo change, about the color scheme change, about everything. Anytime that anything gets brought up about Daniel Snyder, they ask him. I'm wondering if he's chafing under all that. He won. That was a winning coach last yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. They won. You know, and he sounded like a guy, like the last time we, we, we saw a coach rant after a nationally televised game against the Bears, that was Denny Green. <laughs> he lost that one. Washington next game against Green Bay. And then at Indianapolis, so he can look up Ron Rivera at the... Sweet where he made these evaluations, I guess. Dan Snyder apparently will be allowed in the building for that. Then home for Minnesota at Philadelphia. Look out. That's the Carson Wentz Monday night. Let's everybody sit down again and watch Washington nationally return to his initial place of business. Uh, there's a, they're two and four. Yeah. They won their first. They won their latest. But there's a hell of a lot going on, as usual, more. This feels like there's been a black cloud over this team for such a long time. Well, hopefully, let's for them, hopefully they'll get Chase Young back. That's got to be a difference maker. I don't know when he's going to return. That guy, Montez Sweat, they got some players, man. They do. And that kid who scored the touchdown last night is, is really, really good. There's a reason why Antonio Gibson is not coming. He's coming off the bench now, I guess. They see it, and they're going to use it. He started last night, and he scored. Only touchdown of the game. He played well. But not enough McLaurin last night. It seems like they weren't getting the ball out. I mean, he had less than 100 yards, right, Wentz? When we come back on the Rich Eisen Show, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, Brandon Staley, I'll also have my top five games of week number six. That's just for all of you. 844-204-RICH is also the number for you to dial right here on a busy Friday. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, let's get to uh, our next guest on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. Lots to talk about with this man, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. They are 3-2 and two after a narrow victory in Cleveland that got a lot of people talking. So uh, we're very appreciative of the head coach joining us in advance of the Week 6 finale against the Denver Broncos, the, the 8C of the LAC Brandon Staley back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? I am doing well. How's my parking spot doing, first parking and foremost? Parking spot is alive and well. Is it? Um, we've got even more endowment for the you know, <laughs> the parking spot. We were able to raise even more money in a year. And um, the, you know, the, the, the people willing to donate for your spot, is the list is long and distinguished. Wow. I am uh, humbled. I am humbled. I had no idea that campaign was going. Thank you for – well, you're a, must, you're a multitasker. I should have been able to expect that. I should have been able to expect that. Well, yeah. we're trying our best for you, bud. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, sir. Uh, what is the challenge presented uh, with your team taking on the Denver Broncos from what you've seen on film so far and been able to prep at this point in time, Coach? Yeah, I just think that they've got an outstanding team in all three phases. Rich, I think it's a very uh, deep team. Uh, they've gotten off to a great start on defense. You know, they had a tremendous defense, you know, when Vic Fangio was there, who I worked for. So a lot of those pieces are in place, and I think they were able to add uh, a couple of defenders that even make them, you know, more dangerous. And they're going to get healthy here with, you know, Justin Simmons coming back, who, you know, is as good of a safety as there is in the NFL. So um, I think they're very good on defense, and they're very good on special teams. They've got good team speed. Um, and they've got an outstanding kicker, Brandon McManus. Uh, and then on offense, uh, they've got a lot of dangerous weapons. You 
know, you start with the quarterback and then the receiving core, uh, the runners, you know, they have an outstanding running back who got hurt, Javante Williams, which is really unfortunate. But um, they're trying to find their way on offense. But, you know, all the pieces are there, um, Rich, to be really dangerous. So uh, we see a team that could be very easily 5-0. Uh, and um, you know, they beat San Francisco, who's, you know, probably playing as well as anybody right now in pro football. And um, that was a really tight game. And, uh, you know, so this is a very, very good football team. And just when you thought your days of trying to make sure Russell Wilson doesn't uh, succeed twice a year against you were over, here you are again. Um, so now he comes in uh, two and three on a team that I'm sure you're aware of has been um, beaten up physically and then also just uh, – 24-7, 365 media-wise as well. What is the challenge with Russ in your in your history as well as now what you see in his new circumstances? Yeah, Rich, um, 2018 when I was in Chicago, we played him. And then when I was with the Rams, we played him three times in one season. Mm. So I've got a healthy <laughs> dose of this guy. And then the guys that I used to work for, you know, Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel, those guys used to see him two or three times a year when they were in San Francisco. So, um, you know, he's a dangerous player every snap. Um, you know, a big play can happen. You know, he's an outstanding deep ball thrower. Um, you know, really good in the gotta-have-it situations, you know, in terms of third down, red area, two-minute. Uh, and, you know, you got to respect the resume in terms of all the big games and all the big environments he's been in. Uh, so, uh, again, an outstanding player, and uh, I think the best is to come for him, and, and that's certainly what we expect on Monday night. What's your two cents on whether a team's due or not, right? I mean, they're two and three. They, they've been struggling in the red zone significantly, as I'm sure you've seen on film. What, what is your, your sense when you get a team that's been struggling at something so significantly over a season and then you've got to face them? Yeah, Rich, I mean, I think you've got to go process over a result. I mean, Nathaniel, where he came from in Green Bay, they were one of the top red zone teams, you know, in the world. You know, when we played them in 2020 in the playoffs, they were about ready to set an NFL record for touchdown percentage. You know, so he comes from a very, you know, high pedigree in that field zone. And then Russell and his, you know, experience has been an outstanding red, red zone quarterback. So they're just, they're at the beginning there. You know, they're brand new uh, and they're figuring it out. And so uh, you just got to go off, you know, the, the people that they have and uh, what can happen. And, you know, not what's happened, but what can happen. And, um, you know, again, we're going to have our work cut out for us on, on Monday night. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley here on the Rich Eisen Show getting ready for Monday night football. Let's talk about your quarterback. And, look, I, I, I'm sure you didn't know in that Kansas City game just how significantly um, Justin Herbert was hurt. And I'm sure you had your sense of it when he turned down the opportunity to run for a first down on third and short, leading to a fourth down situation for you having to go for it. And um, then he uncorked one of the most beautiful throws I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> and I know I said ever twice. Yep. You're, you're, you're a former quarterback yourself. What do you think of when you watch that kid in that moment that I just referred to right there? Yeah, I think, you know, it was a, it was a real chance for him in front of the entire world to, to prove just how tough he is and how fierce of a competitor he is. I think when the outside sees Justin, they just see the beautiful player and they see all the things that he's capable of. But uh, it's probably the first time in his career where he can really show, you know, that, that makeup that he has that I think is by far his best trait and um, leading us in that game and um, making sure we had a chance at the end of the game if we get, you know, uh, that onside kick. Um, but, you know, for his teammates to see him that way and then for them to have seen him uh, in the days and weeks since then um, go out there on the practice field and, and continue to compete and continue to improve, um, it sets the example for everybody. Any thoughts of sitting him out because of his injury at any point in time, Coach? You know, the Jacksonville week was a, a tough week 
because it was truly day by day. We didn't really know how he was going to feel because he was feeling for things for the first time. So uh, we tried to manage that week the best we could uh, to try and get him, you know, in a, in a spot where he could be ready to play. Uh, and I felt like towards the end of the week, um, we truly didn't know what was going to happen in that, in that game. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the week, towards Saturday, kind of felt like, hey, I can, I can go give this a go. Um, and he gave it a go. And I think since that game, what we've done is we've bet, gotten a lot better at, you know, managing the week. And I think he's been able to get the practice time. He's been able to get the rest and the recovery. Um, and he's played really well since. So I think we're just, you know, continuing to, you know, make sure that every day that, you know, he's getting closer to being right. It's still going to take some time. But um, I think we've gotten better at it as we've gone. And um, he's been a stud the whole way. He sure has. I mean, he just looks like no worse to wear. But uh, and I know I'm asking a head coach in the NFL about an injury. So my apologies. But I mean, it is your quarterback and it is quite a significant injury. One would think yeah. for someone who throws, it, it, he's still it, there is a lingering effect that you have to manage. With this yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the nature of that injury uh, with the rib cartilage, it's going to be present for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm not going to speak for Justin ever because, you know, every day is a different day. You know, it's uh, you go out there in the NFL and you're going to, you know, experience some hits and stuff. But I think the last two games he's he's been he's made it out, um, you know, really safe and he's been able to practice, you know, because of it. And, you know, I think he's he's such a smart player. And I think that that's also something when you're playing with something, he just he keeps him out of har- himself out of harm's way um, because of how accurate he is, the quickness of his decisions and his his pocket presence, his feel of the game. So um, that's also an advantage. So you're not you're not exposing yourself to unnecessary hits. But um, just more than anything, like I said, it's just the example he sets for everybody on the team. And um, I think it's been awesome for the uh, for the world to see just just how tough of a customer he is. A few minutes left with uh, Brandon Staley, head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers here on the Rich Eisen Show. I don't usually fish for a compliment, but I'm going to do it right now, if you don't mind, Coach. Are you <laughs> are you impressed of how long it's taken for me to bring up your decision-making in Cleveland? Are you impressed by the fact that I've held off this long? Coach? Well, I think that, you know, you're one of those guys that's going to, you. you know, save the best for last. Well, yeah. And really kind of create a, uh, you know, sort of a crescendo um, <laughs> and, and, and really end the you know, end the conversation with a bang. Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, you giving me the compliment I fished for, Coach. I really, really do. You're a giver. Um, what? So, what, I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation before with your decision to go for it on fourth down more than not. Uh, can you walk me through what you were thinking uh, in that game in Cleveland, Coach, please? Yeah, just sim- similar to uh, the week before in Houston, we felt like, um, you know, our offense was rolling felt like we had really good matchups and, you know, they were out of timeouts and we really felt like, you know, we could end the game right there. And we had the matchup that we wanted. Um, We had the ball in the person's hands that we wanted. And, um, you know, we were on the road and it was a really tough game Um, all the way through. The fourth quarter was really tough and um, we wanted to finish the game with the ball. And that's what I was thinking. Um, And if it didn't go down, uh, I felt like we could cover them. Uh, because I felt like we had covered him in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had faith that, you know, if we didn't make it, that we could get the stop. And their kicker um, had had an up-and-down season to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like giving the ball to Justin and, and trying to locate Mike, that that was the best decision for our team. So what are you thinking as Cade York is teeing it up, Coach? What goes through your head? Yeah, it was, it was tight. I was, you know, really happy with how our defense played in that circumstance. I mm-hmm. felt like... Our guys competed. We knew that we had to play tight coverage. We knew we needed to rush the quarterback well, making sure that he didn't scramble because he had made some loose plays in that game. And I thought our guys executed. And um, 
you know, you know that uh, that that's what was going to be required in order to keep them out of, you know, keep them out of the end zone, keep them uh, from making that kick. So um, we made a couple big plays defensively. Um, and you know it was one of those you know awesome road wins as a team. Sure, and uh, you look, you're you're a savvy guy. You're a head coach in the NFL. You know you're going to be second guessed and certainly on the spot as you were, uh, including a member of your own team and a significant one as well. I mean, Keenan Allen tweeted out as it was happening, "WTF are we doing?" Uh, have you had a conversation with Keenan about this? Of course, this I have. Okay. Yeah, of course I have. Um, you know, the very next day. So, um, Keenan and I. As I've told you, uh, every mm-hmm. time I've gone on the show, and yes. I know that you've spoken to Keenan, um, mm-hmm. you know he's as close. I'm as close as, with him as, as anybody on our football team since mm-hmm. I've become the head coach. So, um, you know, I think that uh, I'll keep that conversation between us. Okay. I know that um, I know how Keenan feels about the Chargers. I know how he feels about me, and um, you know it's one of those things where I'm sure you're going to get the chance to ask him live. But um, <laughs> I know that uh, we're a lot closer because of it. Um, I know that, you know, competition, that's that's part of the game. Um, and he wishes he was out there. And, you know, like I said, you can you can talk to him about all that stuff. But I know that, um, you know, I don't I don't question Keenan Allen and where his heart is and um, how he feels about me or this team. Uh, and, you know, that that's just part of competition. And, um, you know, I think that uh, as you're seeing uh, every single week, I'm not alone. The other 31 coaches in the league are going through the exact same thing. And uh, it's part of why sports is so special. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm always going to take full responsibility for, for what happens. Well, maybe in the, uh, when I have Keenan on, let's say a month from now, it won't come up because you'll be on like a six game winning streak. What about that? <laughs> well, so hey, about that? you know, we, I, I don't think that uh, with Keenan and I, uh, we don't have anything to hide. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, I think that, as you know, with Keenan, he keeps it as real as anybody in the league. And, you know, he's one of the fav- my fav- most favorite guys that I've ever coached. So I'm just ha- ho- happy that he's uh, one day closer to being back out there for us. And, um, you know, he's going to be a big reason why um, we have a special year. I was just positively manifesting, which is what I do, and return in kind for somebody who gives me the compliment I was fishing for. That's the quid and the pro and the quo right there. <laughs> right there, all in one. Thank you for the time, Coach. I You're greatly welcome, appreciate man. it. Thanks for having me. Always, always. That's Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, who are about to host the Broncos on Monday Night Football. And you can listen to the NFL in the NFL app on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports sponsored by AutoZone. In the uh, middle of that interview, uh, Giancarlo Stanton uh, facing a 3-1 count watched ball four hit the mitt of the Guardians catcher and the home plate umpire called it a strike. I mean, it was way low. He made uh, quite the gesture. And uh, uh, Yankee dugout exploded. And then the next pitch, Stanton hit out of the yard for a two-run shot. So that actually would, was beneficial. Hot take. Also. Uh-oh. Careful. He, said he called Uh-oh. hot take. Uh-oh. So well, that that's trumps why I stopped. you. That's that why trumps I st- you. Sorry for yeah, the moment. that's why I stopped. Okay. This is totally ludicrous. Okay. But. The, the Cleveland manager should be able to challenge to retroactively have that call Called the a ball. Strike. <laughs> or have called a ball. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'd rather have first and second <laughs> right, two right. outs with Josh Donaldson up. Exactly. Than exactly. On second thought. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Good idea, Chris. We'll run that up the flagpole. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I was just going to say what you, I don't know, conveniently or inconveniently left out of that story was your reaction. 
Well, I, I had no, I had no reaction. I was in interviewing a, a head coach of the National Football yeah, League, uh, T.J. Jefferson. You looked over. No, no, no. You looked no, no. over when no, no. Brandon's picture came up full screen. I'll just tell the people, and it happened, and you kind of mouthed some words that we can't say on. <laughs> Thank Roku, you, is all I'm saying. T.J., wow. I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional. Not helping. Not helping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, um, let's get to it. It's a list. Yeah, I got what? a list. I got a top five list. The music's on. It's great. I love top five list. Love top five list. I've got the top five games of week number six. There are so many good ones. Okay. You just made the list. Let's go. Number five on the list. And by the way, uh, I'm going to let you know how important these games are, not just, not just by my commentary, but where they rank on my power rankings list as well. Ooh, Another list that I like to do. Right now, yeah. Another list I like to do. Is it Syracuse NC State? Nope. It's number five. No, these are all professional Oh, games. you didn't do both? I no, mean, I did not do both. There's two huge college games this I get weekend. it. So we talked about those yesterday, GM. Here we go. Week six. That's my list. Top five games of week six. Here we go. Number five on the list. Battle of three and twos. Winner goes to four and two. Loser goes to 500. And if the home team goes to 500, that would be far more significant. That would mean a five-alarm fire breaking out amongst their unrelaxed fan base. They would need a cup of ayahuasca if the Jets come into Lambeau Field and improve to four and two. It's Zach who says he grew up emulating Aaron Rodgers in Aaron Rodgers' house. house? Did Jair Alexander, when he said that he believed in the defense now, but not if they lost the next game, did he start manifesting negatively? Uh Uh-oh. Can the Jets walk into Lambeau Field with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson and the rest of that stellar draft class and shock the Packers fresh back from their loss to another New York team in London? I will be tuned in for Gang Green versus Green Bay in Lambeau Field. Number four on the list. We will find out the value of a ping pong table. Mm Mm-hmm. With the Miami Dolphins 10th on my power ranking list against a team that is not yet ranked much to the chagrin and its dismay of my colleagues here in studio. The the 4-1 Minnesota Vikings, who could easily be 1-4. But but they're not. They're They're not. 4-1. I just see a team, and I see a team in the Dolphins that can win this football game. And dare I say, despite Tyreek Hill purchasing a new ping pong table in a walking boot, where the third string quarterback starting, dare I say, this team, Miami, should win this game. What? Yes. Wait a second. It's your third quarterback playing. I get it. I like Mike McDaniel, and I cannot lie. That's number four <laughs> on my list. Wow. Vikings at Dolphins. Number three on the list. Hey, six versus seven in my power ranking list. How about the New York Giants at four and one, hosting the three and two AFC North leading Baltimore Ravens? How about. The Ravens, fresh off that win at home against the Cincinnati Bengals with Justin Tucker splitting the uprights. And when I say that, based on the math and I guess the metrics, it literally did split the uprights. Like you can measure where a ball splits the uprights and how it is in the middle. Justin Tucker and the Ravens coming in off of that win, taking on a Giants team. Everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop on the Giants. What if that other shoe doesn't drop? What if they drop it right on Lamar Jackson? What I would, if that happens? I would be pretty surprised if that You know, happened. we will see. We will see what a big game this is between the AFC North leading 
Baltimore Ravens and for the Giants to basically go into the clubhouse at 5-1 and one and kick back and watch the Cowboys and Eagles beat each other up, that would be pretty nice. Are you really going to pick the Giants? Uh, I'm just talking about I know, but I'm asking you who you're picking. I don't know yet. I'm thinking about it, though. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Right. Number two on the list is a Sunday night football game, Cowboys and Eagles, two versus five on my power ranking list, two hosting five. I think this is self-explanatory. And this game would be number one because it's the lone remaining undefeated team in Philadelphia taking on a Cowboys team that is starting Cooper Rush again with everything going on with the starting quarterback and the possibility growing and growing and growing that the Cowboys say is not growing of what to do when Dak is healthy. That would be number one on the list if it were not for the rematch between the game of the year last year and potentially... Uh, you'd have to say if you made a list of top five playoff games that I've watched, covered, discussed Ooh. in the 19 years I've been with NFL Network, 19 soon to be, you know, my 20th year. This is my 20th season. Um, it would be Bills and Chiefs. And the Bills watched the Chiefs make the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Arrowhead, and that's that famed photograph of Stephon Diggs standing out on the field in his uniform watching the celebration of the Lamar Hunt Trophy being awarded to the Hunt family's team. And then last year, when the Bills had him beat with Gabe Davis going nuts and both quarterbacks going back and forth and 13 seconds left on the clock, and we all know that the Bills wish they had squib-kicked that baby because it was better than the alternative. Can't wait for this one. That's number one on the list. So what's up? Is that it? They just no, we need one more. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll ah, the Ed O'Neill, George <laughs> Clooney double dip. <laughs> All right. Here's the one more. Here's the one more. How about the two and three Cardinals at the two and three Seahawks? That is really sneaky. How about the it's winner really of this game sneaky. goes to three five hundred at three and three in the NFC West? To stay, one would assume, behind a 49ers team that has a supposedly winnable game in Atlanta, although they're banged up on defense going into that one. And Atlanta's been sneaky competitive this year. But the winner of this game goes to 500. And what if it's Arizona? That means they split the games without DeAndre Hopkins. This is their last game of DeAndre Hopkins' suspension. Or will they wind up going 2-4 and four in those games? And Geno... And the Seahawks go to 3-3. Three and three. And another interesting aspect of this game is the start time's up in the air. It would start at its normal time of 1 o'clock Pacific if the Mariners somehow don't pitch to Jordan Alvarez. If they get Jordan Alvarez out in Game 3, there would be a Game 4, and that start time would be pushed to 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern, the rare new window of NFL games. So that's an interesting aspect of this one and when it's going to be played. And of course, Kyler Murray against this speedy defense. And, you know. I think the winner of this game has a good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, Well, look, they certainly um, keep themselves afloat. Right. In the division and put themselves in the mix of hanging around for yeah, a playoff spot. Absolutely. No doubt. I agree with you. You'd rather be three and three than two and four. Especially which is when the, the Rams lose to the Panthers. And certainly with the with, with the Cardinals. You know, with the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have performed better away from their stadium than home. So I, I just want to make this year. sure I got something right. You did you did six on a top five. Well, I did I did one more, yes. Okay. I 
Okay. Just, just, just. What make sure I had that right? Do you need a hug, Matt? No. Okay. I'm just saying. Now he, he wants to eat. He wants the same energy from this side of the room. Yeah. My God. Like, this guy acts like I'm committing like, a federal felony. When it's a top I, five. There shouldn't be more than five on it. Okay, but you didn't say a word when he did it. Well, he didn't say this is part of my top five. He didn't put it. I'm just he, saying. He didn't I'm just put saying. five how about, B how about like not you saying do. anything to either of us and just let us live and do our, do our bits? It's five. There's only okay. five. Are you ready? You <laughs> want to do, do you want to do your fantasy when we come back? Nah. I'll wait. Well, For the end of hour three? Yeah. Well, right. we're going to be up against it. I feel like you Let's should. do it. Yeah, we'll do I it next. Like I don't think yeah. Brother Jefferson's quite ready. Okay, oh, there you go. Wow. All right. Phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show, 2000, 2008, 2022. And it comes to the economy, these are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and then whatever the hell we're going through right now. Over 31,000 businesses, however, have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. It is a dangerous time to not know your numbers. And NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer is simple. It is NetSuite. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgrade it to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash RichRadio right now. NetSuite.com slash RichRadio. NetSuite.com slash RichRadio. 28th anniversary of Pulp Fiction in theaters near you? I'm just coming up with a poll. What's the best scene? The watch? The the best scene for me, there's, there's, if if I could give you four just off the top of my head. The best scene in, best scenes in Pulp Fiction are Christopher Walken's soliloquy, The Watch, that sets right. up that sets up an, where he, it's just him, it's his one scene, him on camera delivering a soliloquy to young Bruce Willis mm-hmm. about, about the meaning of this watch. And oh my gosh, 
it's to, that's my favorite scene in Pulp right. Fiction. The second, my second most favorite scene is the moment that Bruce Willis gets into a car accident all the way through to what goes down in the, the in the basement of gimp. Zed's shop. The gimp scene. The gimp. The old yeah. gimp. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Bring out the gimp. Which that could be one scene yeah, in itself, like but it's just you can't have one right. without that's the, the whole, other. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Where he runs over Marcellus, mm-hmm. if you will. He sees him at the... Yeah, Bruce Willis, that, that's number two. Yeah. The whole wolf. Number three is, you know, I, I think if you had to choose a Sam Jackson, it is the one with Frank Wally, right? Okay. Yeah. Where oh, so he, kind he of first, the, the opening and the then opening. kind of the... Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So not the diner. You guys want the diner one? Check out the big brains on bread. You know? Yeah, the big brain on bread. Okay, that's a good one. Big Kahuna Burger. Big Kahuna Burger. What about the wolf and cleaning the car? The wolf and cleaning that whole scene. I mean, it's a good one. I got shot Marvin in the face. It's not. They, it's not. It's not. Weird, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't compare to the other no, crackling intensity. The other one would be um, uh, Uma Thurman needing the shot. Give her the shot. Give her the shot. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. better than the wolf stuff. Yes. Yeah. I, I would. I, 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 All right. I mean, that's intense. Uma dancing in the shot. I like the wolf's line. The shot. Give her the, the shot. Clip. And then with, uh, with uh, Eric the Stoltz, give her the shot. Big brain on Brad. I like the I like the scene in uh, in the Jackrabbits. I mean, when they're in there and they're ordering the the steak. Oh, the Royale with cheese. No, 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 they're, no, no, they're, no. They're ordering the, the, steak. Is that a five dollar shake? Oh, I, I don't know. Shake, I mean, yeah. those, those, that that's mirthful. I'm talking about Pulp Fiction, where it just absolutely crackles, like Quentin Tarantino at his finest. Great, this is sa- great soundtrack too. That movie. Reservoir, oh my gosh. Kind of that the uh, Reservoir Dogs is another. I Reservoir Dogs is oh great. Obviously, you know. We Marcellus telling Butch how he had to lay down for the fight. Yes, when yeah. they were in the bar and he just was like, "That's Mad a good fight, one. That's just kill. pride messing with your mind, right?" Can I be? Can I tell everybody something? This just real quick. That is that is a great scene. Rich and I had a moment where I was working for AT and T and I thought I might like leave this job, and so I had a meeting. And I was offered another job, and I came back to you, and you were in the green room, and you were like, how'd it go? And I was like, well, they told me this, or they told me that, but I'm not sure. And you looked at me, and you went, that's pride messing with your head, isn't it? <laughs> and I'll never forget us having <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> and that kind of made me go, yeah, I don't want to leave. So I ended up. I'll be, I'll that's just pride messing with your mind. Yeah, and you told me well, to take that. a dive. Did I tell you to take a dive? <laughs> you essentially told me don't take the dive. <laughs> right. You know, so, bro, I'll never forget us having. You might not remember, but I'll never no, forget. I remember. That. Yeah. I remember because that's truly one of my favorite lines in a, in a movie. You know, and that is a great scene. That <laughs> yeah. is a hell of a scene. And Ving Rhames is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but man. if you had it like the greatest Tarantino movie character, oh, to me, oh, jeez. It's hard. No, I, I I think it's a no. It's a it's a it's a it's a clear cut winner. Really? Yes. Yeah, it, I know. It's Christoph going. Waltz in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, he yeah. won the Oscar for it, and that character. He's great. And the way Django Christoph too. Waltz plays it. You know what's crazy is I had a, a grab bag top five of my five favorite Tarantino characters that I never right. got around to, and yeah, that was, hit, hit me. Oh my gosh. That character was... Yeah, he speaks fluent German, French, and Italian. I mean, in that one scene where he's calling out <laughs> Brad Pitt, yeah. who clearly doesn't speak German and Italian. I mean, Brad, my gosh. Buongiorno. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Bill Belichick's latest exchange involving Mac Jones's availability is, in fact, this day's edition of today's... Bill Belichick press conference. Let's go. 
Today's Bill Belichick press conference moment. Well, we prefer to win. Can you tell us if he's been cleared, or is that to kind of follow up on Chelsea's question? Is that something that wouldn't happen until Saturday? You know, it could happen anytime. Okay. There's no like deadline on that. The injury report is the injury report. There's a deadline on that, and there's a classification on that, and that's what we follow. Internally, we can do whatever we want based on the information, not do whatever we want, but based on the information that's available, we can make, you know, make any determination that's appropriate. But no, I'm not going into like what we, how internally we talk about the players and all that. And no, we're not, we're definitely not, I'm definitely not doing that, Phil. You forget about that. Put that in the file, that'll you, go right there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I really do. I sincerely appreciate the opportunity to to talk about Max medical status. But I'll skip that. I'll pass on it. But thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> and you guys think, and you guys think Bill is like, oh, yeah, he's, no he's, he's, he's just messing That's with you guys. Nice. You think Bill has hired a writer? No, Bill's, <laughs> Bill's really smart. Yeah, he does, uh, he does himself. I appreciate the opportunity. Because now he knows he's got to bring it every day now. Oh, he loves it. Someone yeah, asked him about day to day, too. He was just like, I think I've done that already. Day by day, day, day as well. Day by day. Don't forget his Godspell phase of September. I still think that was top of the food chain, but these are all great. You're great. Goat. They're all great. Goat. Belichick press conference moment. And by the way, he best. speaks a lot. Man, and Brooklyn He's available in, and all the time. And Brooklyn wanted him to quit. Just think we'd be missing out on this. That's <laughs> great. <Yeah. laughs> Sarah Tiana Let's go. is in studio hour three. And what's more likely when we come back? Still here on Roku. Still on Roku. All right. So hit that, uh, hit that poll, Zach. What's shall? the best scene in Pulp Fiction? Uh, the walk and watch. The walk and watch. Uma dancing in the shot. Big the brain. Shot. Big, Give the shot. Big brain on Brett and bring Brett. out the gimp. Bring out the gimp. Gimp sleeping. Gimp sleeping. We'll wake him up. We'll wake, wake him up. up. That is just um, quite something, that scene. Zan wants to see The Godfather. Oh, I think that's. Hey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, he's 14. No, no, no. Yeah, I think, I, I think, that I think that's fine. Yeah. Because there's only one, like, you know. Questionable. Well, no, there's killings and murders. Well, I mean, I there's, about there's that. the toll booth scene is a little gratuitous. Dude, it's a, you know, the horse's head. I mean, uh, he, yeah, yeah that would kind of. Yeah, that, that looks so fake. I can't imagine I a kid looking at that. It was a real horse, though. I, I know, but I'm saying, if you look at it, I can't imagine a kid today. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. All right, I hit it with a retweet. Um, <laughs> he's got to have already seen worse on TikTok. He's or he's had oh, to. Oh yeah, that's probably true. I don't know if there's horse heads on TikTok. Dude, though, TikTok, it, you're not on it. I am. No, he I sees look. it. He's not posting for us. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> if you're on it, why don't you do it? Do you know what an opportunity we're missing? Not to sound I, like my 14 year old, I but posted on have TikTok. You? Yeah, we really? don't we don't get a whole lot of views on TikTok. That's because I, we're maybe I, you need to tend that garden a little bit more. Well, TikTok is fertilized. TikTok's water. a lot of like original stuff where uh, we're just putting clips. That's fine. Well, I'm saying that's probably okay. why people are watching. <laughs> Back in a moment.